Okay, I think we're on. So, uh, welcome to episode two of the Friends of Mine podcast with Nemo and Dean. We're back again. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah. Good, good. I'll, I'll just uh, apologise first of all. Look, we said uh, that we'd release uh, one a week and then uh, two weeks in. I wasn't mm. in, the, uh, in the best of headspace last week and different things. So, uh, which was probably the best, maybe the best time to to do this, but obviously um, we didn't, so hopefully more consistency in yeah. the next uh, next few weeks. Yeah, it's the beginnings, isn't it? So we're going to, I think, struggle to yeah. get it down, but we'll try to. It's uh, It'll be good, I think. It'll be good for both of us. But yeah, so how are you doing? How are you feeling at the minute? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. It's uh, very full on at the moment, you know, sort of full on and not full on. We sort of... Um, had the wedding, had the honeymoon, had all the build up to that, and now I still I sort of feel in that like a low at the moment where you're in between things. Do you know what I mean? It's now mm. sort of waiting for the, the baby, which is obviously a massive thing. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I mean, probably didn't say too much because people from work might listen to this. But hating hating work at the moment, I think, as a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, just sort of, uh, I suppose, taking one day at a time, which is what I sort of try and do lately and tackle one day at a time. What about yourself? Yeah, much the same, to be honest. I've really been um, thinking about that, that whole living in the moment thing instead of trying to take too many steps forward or worry too much about the past quite a bit because I have started to realise that, that genuinely is the sort of only way you can ever really find peace mm. I think it's it's something I've always known but I think sometimes it's really easy to do that when you're thinking about little things like I feel like I can really be in the moment when I'm in that sort of flow state doing something I enjoy if I'm out with my friends but it's it's what you do when you're kind of alone whether you can just be at peace with like not having stuff going on that's distracting you and really just being okay with how things are because I think we as people always try and manipulate everything to uh, fit our needs and what, how we want them to be whether it's you know somebody saying something we don't agree with or whether it's you know wanting to go out and the weather's not great like we're never happy with just the way things are there's always we have to control circumstance or have circumstance be exactly right for us um, almost like the perfect the perfect life, and I don't think anyone's anyone's got the perfect life, have they? Um, so it's just about making the most of it. I think something I realised sort of a couple of weeks ago is that I just live for Friday, which isn't healthy. Mm. Like I'm literally just thinking, you know, getting up on a Monday morning and going, like, as soon as it's Friday, the better, and that's just mm. it's not the way. Like, it shouldn't be living or wishing something five days a week away so the last couple of weeks I've just tried to just not not be bothered but like work is just work and enjoy the time at home and and not wish the days away if that Mm, makes sense but we all do it we always look for that next thing whether it's like I don't know, like, for instance, with me, like, with, you know, finding work, like, this next job's going to make me happy, the next relationship I have's going to make me happy, the next holiday is going to make me happy. And, um, 
Don't get out on the Logan Ball podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, what was I saying? Yeah, no, we always try and look for something outside of ourselves to make us happy. And I think that's one of the... I think I'm quite good at that and being happy with how things are, even if they're not what you would naturally ne- necessarily call great, um, with small stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, if, if work's not going great, maybe I can navigate that properly. If I'm driving and someone pulls out on me, I can just let it go and I can let all these things go. I think where I really struggle with it is with relationships with people. Like, you know... I can do all the work and be in a good place, but if you know, I feel like I've upset a friend, or if a girl I'm seeing said something that's made me like feel insecure, or if like I've gone down seeing my mum and she's said something that's made me irate and like snappy, yeah. and I find it really hard in those moments when it comes to like how I relate to other people. So I think that's something I'm really struggling with. I always feel like I've got to a good a good place where I can really live in the moment. Um, and not be stuck in my head either in the past or the future until it comes to people I really care about or real deep connections with people. But I think I think I get that as well. I think something even more so like since finding out Joe pregnant is realise the people who generally care about you and I touched on this in the last post on the last podcast about um Maybe people not. What's the kind of phrase it? People caring about you as much as you care about them. Mm. Um, so what I've tried to do since then is not chase people as much and and not try and please people or not be as bothered. I think my biggest thing is trying to please everybody all the time and caring way too much about mm. what people think so I've almost been fighting myself the last two weeks in terms of well, I'm not, if they don't message me I'm not going to message them but also getting myself really worked up and annoyed because I've not heard from them does that make mm. that, that make sense so from that's something that I'm trying to get better at something that I'm not particularly good at is that just not, not not caring, but trying to stop pleasing people as much. Yeah, it's really difficult, isn't it? Because I think, it's again, it comes down to just how you want others to be as opposed to just letting them be who they are. Like, it really, I suppose, what, what you, we should do as people, as friends, is just be an environment, just be open and be an environment where if people feel like they want to talk to us and want to have you know discourse and see us they can but at the same time it's you know not trying to force things that's Mm -hmm. it I think it's just so it's so difficult to just not try and force what you want but I think doing that it just is the complete sort of antithesis of what actually you really want because at the end of the day I think we all just want to like be accepted and have people there for us but what we end up doing I think is the more you cling on and the more you want people to be there for you you're not actually as open and there for them if that makes sense no definitely definitely. I even think like in terms of like like promoting this obviously you've um shared it on your uh Instagram earlier on um obviously our Instagram page so a few people have heard this 
we'll had the first episode maybe two weeks ago when we, when we sent it out and the general feedback is good and I was quite quick to share it out to the people that I was comfortable sharing mm. it to if that makes sense um, and then when you shared it on your Instagram story earlier on and, and you tagged me in it I shared it to mine and even then there's part of me that's thinking do I share it because mm. I don't know you know you're looking at people look at us so this person's seen your story and part of me's going you know, what, what are they going to think, think what are they going to yeah, yeah. And, and that's where I'm just trying to get to a to a stage of just not being bothered about what people think. But it's difficult. And it, yeah, massively. Because we all just want to be liked and accepted and have everybody love us and that. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really difficult to just pretend and just drop that and pretend we don't care. I did exactly the same. Like when we first, I was just saying to you before we started recording that I feel a little bit more nervous about this one. I think it was just the fact that I feel like even if it's one or two, there's probably going to be one or two more people listening mm-hmm. to this now that we've shared it but it's like the first time I didn't really think many people would listen to it so I felt like I was just talking to you yeah so and now there's this underlying current of like people. are we going to mess this up it's so it's so silly because but the, the general feedback I got from it now was like like and it was like really good like even on Friday I saw um three four friends and so three of them had listened to it, the other two hadn't. Um, and we actually sat around, and it was the first time, and I'm going to name drop them. Um, Do it. So I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't think they're too. So Dean and Shane, who uh, in the last sort of 18 months I've got close to, um, they lost their mum in 2016. Mm. Um, and it was Dean who said to me, you said a bit where you explain why you share stuff on your Facebook to do with your mum and why you do it and how it's your way of not I don't know how to word it not grieving but expressing how you feel and he was like it it went to you said it it makes total sense and then when you get that feedback from you know we we normally sit down the pub and have a beer and spend two hours taking a mick out of each other so for him to or for them to let their guard down and do that and I'm sorry if he's going to be annoyed that I've name dropped him hopefully he won't I'm sure he won't mind but for him to come out and say that and for like we said if one person listens to it and relates and goes you know it may that relates to me then that's part of why we're doing it yeah you know um, and I said the whole general feedback's been good and the other two lads were like well why are you doing it which is a good question, to be fair, because if they don't know, if they don't know, then they probably don't understand why. And I explained, you know, it needs to be this needs to be a normal conversation where mm. me, you, and two of our friends are out on Wednesday. We went to Spoons. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And then we were out with another friend on Friday, and we don't ever have that conversation. No. So. If we can just normalise it with our friendships and our friendship groups and the people that we know, then yeah, I think we're hopefully heading in the right direction. And you know, like we said the other week, if uh, people want to come on and 
talk, then we're definitely open to that. Well. Yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be a good environment for people to do that. And like you say, relate, relations what it's all about, really, isn't it? Like, um, I think it's like why you listen to music, you know, why you listen mm-hmm. to podcasts. It's because it's just relating to another person. I think the problem we have in society at the moment, especially amongst males, although, like I say, obviously I can only speak to it from that perspective, but is the fact that there isn't that dialogue out in the open. So it's like, how can you ever expect to relate to other people if, you know, because I mean, we can relate about football and how mm-hmm. much that annoys us. But yeah, I mean, when yeah. it comes I don't want to talk about football this weekend. <laughs> I'm done with football this weekend. But when it comes to real, real conversations, real earnest and open conversations like unless you're having those conversations people are never going to be able to relate relate to it Mm -hmm. it's just the facts and what they'll do is they'll just you know feel like they're i suppose it's just people just feel like they're alone if they don't if they don't talk to people or at least don't listen and realize that other people are going through it like say that's why people love music it's why people love certain films it's like you're relating to another human being and that's what it's all about yeah, I think as well, like, when you look at, um, or, or speak to like, our friendship group and, and, and people I'm close to and you hear them say, how many of them I didn't even know that struggled, even from having conversations this last couple of weeks where people have messaged me on Instagram or, or WhatsApp and said, I've listened to your podcast and I struggle as well. And that's like... Madness, like for me, mm. that's just madness because you don't. You know, I've known some of these people for over ten years and had no idea. And yeah, I mean, of course, we get other people who will listen to it and will go. Like, there's people who don't believe in mental health, and that's mm. that's fine. Like that's their thing. I mean, I've had like I said, before, I someone come up to me a little while ago and say, "Yeah, but it's all in your head." Mm. yeah no no shit like yeah of course it is but then people have their own beliefs and you know I all I all I want to achieve and I'm guessing you're the same is just normalise it and, and if people want to come and talk to me or to yourself and or send a, a message on Facebook or Instagram or Instagram send a message on our page mm at friends of mine if anyone wants to follow up Instagram um, if you want to shameless share, plugs yeah if you want to message it as a as well then yeah like that's obviously the main thing yeah that's no, true like I say I think it's all about relation and having that open dialogue so that people can feel like they have to have it as well because I think it's such a it's like when you're just talking about how there's some people that don't believe in it I don't even think they believe that they don't believe in it it's just the fact that they have probably grown up in an environment where they've had to keep it in I guess mm-hmm. maybe I mean it's hard to know it's hard to I'm sort of making judgments here and assumptions but it's I think one thing that unites absolutely everybody male female all across the board even at different ages is the fact that there's a lot of suffering going on and that can be something really small and there can be obviously it's varying degrees of it but I think um when people try and deny that, they're just more denying it to themselves than they are to anyone else. Yeah, I agree. I think as well, I think it's become maybe more apparent, even the last, maybe like, not even like the last 10 years, like the last five years, because I think social media has its negatives and its positives. So I think people look on, and I, and I made this point a little while ago, is 
you know, nobody shares the bad days on Instagram, mm. nobody shares them, you know, an argument with your partner or breaking down at work or having these negative thoughts. Even, you know, my Instagram is, you don't share them, but whoever shares the bad days. No. So I think it's more, more, I think it's more pressure with social media because you feel that you have to live the perfect do you know what I mean does that make sense like yeah the, yeah you're just, you're just seeing a snapshot of someone's life and you're only seeing the parts that they feel like they want to show you at the time and I think as well it's like with social media you can talk to so many more people but you're not having genuine conversations mm-hmm. and I think sometimes that can make you feel even more alone because you may have I don't know like 500 followers on there and you might chat random stuff you might share a story and one of them might comment on it but it's like you're not having genuine human interactions and and i mean let's face it like the more you're on social media the chance are you more likely to not be having face-to-face interactions because you spend all your time on there and and there's a lot it's all just a facade really isn't it like there's a lot of good on there like i've discovered i mean of course like i've discovered so many podcasts and like influences that have actually like bring positivity to my life but at the same time there's also a lot of the the negatives and seeing all these perfect lives and i'm seeing people with this like perfect job and perfect car and you can't help but be a bit like oh wish i had that like but but i also feel that the people who share absolutely everything on a on social media are almost compensating as well mm-hmm. you know I, I, I don't share much I mean a lot of the stuff my, you know I normally if I'm going to pick stuff on social media it's normally random about football with some description which I was very Standard. close to putting a very ranty status last night but resisted um, and then it's like most people do holidays and like we touched on last week anniversaries and, and birthdays um I, I do think the people who share absolutely everything on social media are, I don't know, I don't want to say hiding or, but I, I almost, I don't know, there's, I always want to, there's a bit of Ed Sheeran, like we've seen the clip where he talks about social media, where he always mm-hmm. wants to reach out to that person and say, are you okay? Are you yeah. having a good day? Because... You, are you sharing that to get compliments? I don't... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I think it comes back to what I was saying before. Everyone just wants to be accepted. But when you're just putting small snapshots of yourself out there, nobody's really knowing the genuine you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it is really difficult. I think social media... Like, I, I have realised I need to take a step back from it because I do one of two things that I think is really deprecating detrimental to my um, mental health at least on social media is one is just the the aimless scrolling I just think the like it, it doesn't bring anything to me it just wastes time that I could be doing something productive even if it's just having a normal conversation mm-hmm. with someone like yeah. my family or um, and a lot of the time if I'm feeling a bit like down about something I'll post something alluding to it a little bit kind of it's like you're kind of reaching out a, a tiny bit of your hand for someone to be like oh come on then tell us what's wrong yeah. but then I know for a fact that because I'm doing it elusively I wouldn't actually want them to ask it's like you just want to know that people give a shit which is yeah. just 
kind of just futile really isn't it because you like if you really sat there and had to think about the people that care about you you know who they are already you don't need strangers on the internet or random friends that you spoke to like once in two years to actually care about you like you don't like i think like we're saying like i was saying earlier i think us as people we just want like everybody to like us Mm -hmm. and it's just fucking exhausting to be honest yeah (laughs) Yeah. i think we we sort of touched on this and hope if anyone's listening to this and thinking they are just rambling we are trying to reach what we were talking about before we came on which is about that bit where loving yourself and because if you can't love yourself how can you expect other people to and I think you're very similar to me as in your own biggest critic and I'm my own biggest critic and Mm -hmm. that's to do with if I do something work I doubt myself before I do it if I do something you know you know even when I play f- football you know you make one mistake and you forget that you might have been okay for the other 89 mm. minutes but you focus on that and that's another thing that I've tried to in the last two or three weeks is just not be as harsh on myself and I think that's where coming back to social media again is again no one ever uploads on social media and says I made this mistake at work today I've done this today mm. I made this mistake today I had an argument with my missus today I got my boyfriend no one does that um, yeah I think I think self-acceptance is one of the hardest things to to navigate to be honest that's something I've been thinking about a lot recently especially in terms of like with relationships and stuff because I don't, there's this thing obviously there's that age old quote like you're saying that you can't love anyone until you love yourselves and I don't think you like 100% need to go into a relationship completely healed because I think you can do a lot of work together in that sense but I think you need to it's like we were talking about earlier you need to get to a place where you can accept things as they are without happen, having to have everything go your way and your partner mm. say the exact thing you want them to say because you know that you can't be happy otherwise I think it's about getting to a place where you can be happy just with circumstance as they are, so not manipulating anyone. And that's that's something I really struggle with. I Somebody can say something, and if it's not exactly how I want them to say it, it can just be a whirlwind for me. Mm-hmm. And I just and it causes you to cling on so tightly as well that you can ruin stuff because you're so you so want to be accepted that you just squeeze any little bit of acceptance out of them and anything they do that falls short of your expectations, it can just completely blow the whole thing up. Yeah, I agree. It's I something agree. I really struggle with. I think even more so recently, so I'm quite deep now. You know, I'm 32 in January, which is depressing. Old bastard. Um, and I look at it and go, you know, my mum was just turned 32 when she passed away mm. and you know she wasn't poorly before you know it happened you know she got poorly and passed away three four weeks maybe which is really no time so I think for me what I'm trying to do is I think I haven't seen how short life can be not to just be so hard and, and live for the moment and that's probably something I've not done 
if that makes sense, do you mm. know what I mean? I, I, I think 100%. I think everybody feels a bit that way, don't they? It's like you know, you get these constant reminders all the time that life's really precious and that you should live in the moment, but we don't. Let's be totally honest about that. We're always, well, I mean, I do. I think I'm a bit of an overthinker. I think you're a bit the same, but I'm constantly overthinking about stuff that's happened in the past mm. or thinking about and worrying about the future. And it's like, it's kind of, I think we actually, I swear, like at the very end of the last episode, we um, kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's that thing of just realising that, like, this life is all you have. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you've got beautiful people in it. You've got loads of, you know, things going on. But at the end of the day, it's, like, your experience in this life. So if you're not happy, like, this this is all you've got, really. Yeah, yeah. You know? And definitely, like, I'm going to... We spoke a little bit about talking about, like, sort of grief before we done this podcast. And, like, obviously, going back to my mum, you know, we went... We were on holiday with you, Pell Pauly, so like just a family holiday, all was fine. She fell poorly and two weeks, three weeks later she'd passed away and you know, you don't it, I think if they've been poorly for a long time you almost mm. it, you expect it. Ex, or not acceptance. Yeah, but you you would sort of yeah. expect it. But like I think I'll be honest with you, it it terrifies me because I'm now five months younger than my mum when she passed away which is just madness and look I could go out tomorrow and something could happen I could live for another 70 years you, you don't know mm-hmm. and I think I'm just trying to just enjoy everything and take it more in my stride and it's hard and I get even now like good days and bad days you know like you've known me 14 years maybe yeah Um, and you know yourself when we first started talking like it was a taboo subject don't talk about it whereas now I can talk about it I still have my good days and bad days Um, but just I think it's just and I've been scared of life aren't I do you think the fact that you're about to have a child yourself spraying it on a little bit as well maybe yeah and, and it's tough as well mate because you know, trying to talk about it without getting emotional but you know she should have been there for when we got married she should be there for the baby she should have been there when Amy had her kid um, and she never will be you know she never got to meet Joe she never got to meet Ollie she never got to meet Amy's partner Ben she never got to meet my friends the people I care about the most and that I think will be one bit that always is a bit bitter if, if that mm. and that's probably why I am part of the way that I am in terms of I think a lot of my friends probably call me needy and it's not for you deliberately being like that but I think if I love you then I yeah. love you with everything do you know what I mean and yeah, I think course. some people will look at it and go oh, leave me alone or other people embrace it I don't know um, but yeah I think definitely with uh, with honestly, 11 weeks till the baby comes I think that's that definitely has brought it on more recently and that sort of I almost feel angry at the moment and I'm getting upset now so I don't know what I want to do but I do almost feel angry in terms of it's not fair and she should be here and I almost feel robbed if that makes sense Mm. of yeah no that makes sense it's totally understandable. Grief's a funny thing. Yeah. 
I think, like you say, it's it's gonna come. It's probably gonna hit you hard because, like you say, you're having a kid of your own soon. So it's like it brings it on perspective, really, doesn't it? You've got yeah. something there that's kind of you're gonna love maybe more than you well more than yourself. I, mean, yeah. I don't have a kid. I don't know this, <laughs> yeah. but that's what I get told, yeah. and I can totally imagine it. Um, so you've got something. Yeah, yeah, something else you're really uh, scared of losing. And I think as well, like, you know, when my, my grandma passed away sort of four years ago, but we were really close, but I accepted that because he was poorly for a long time mm-hmm. and he was late 70s, so you almost, well, it's ever nice to lose someone, but he was poorly, he was at an age where you sort of go... <sighs> I think it's like, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I think it's like when situations like the way I look at it is you can start grieving earlier. Yeah. Is the way yeah, I yeah, like yeah, to think yeah. of it. Like I went to see him, so he passed away just before COVID. Um, but I saw him at Christmas and I came home to jail and said like, that could well be the last time. Like I'd almost mm. mentally prepared myself for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, of course I'd still like him to be here, but I don't feel as angry about the that. situation yeah I think yeah with you know, grief affects people definitely you know, in different situations and yeah I think I think yeah I feel yeah, angry but also yeah angry and robbed and yeah of the last 22 years but more so the next 10 years, 20 years where they should be watching or she should be watching her grandchild, granddaughter, grandson because we don't know what happened, grow up alongside, you know, Amy's little boy, you know, she should be there for that and I think, mm. yeah, I think that's where I am sort of at the moment where I think like excited and cannot wait to be there but also there's part of me that's just so angry with the universe and I've done the angry stage like 10 years ago and I feel like I'm coming back in a circle again mm. most of the moment yeah I think you know she's still here man that love's not going to go anywhere it's just going to be channeled now into your little one yeah which and is. she's going to be there she'll be there she'll be there every step of the way just because like someone physically moves on doesn't mean they go anywhere the soul's still there, the love's still there. That's the way I look at it. No, no, I agree. I agree. I think it's just... Uh, and I think even like four or five weeks ago, like, not that I hadn't thought about it, but it's more, I think, the closer it comes, the mm. more you you think of... If that makes sense. Yeah. I think Christmas is a time... And I, anyone that knows me, knows I'm a Christmas freak. I mean, if you get my work... One of van, those. Yeah, I mean, if you, get, if you get my work van now, I've got heart Xmas on. Um, <laughs> you know, like watch Home Alone on the beach on our, on our honeymoon and uh, yeah, I love it but I think there's also there's a bit of that time in the year where I think everyone just thinks about family it's a fa- I was going to say it's a family orientated holiday yeah so. yeah I, and the reason I love Christmas is my family used to have massive Christmas parties back when we were growing up um, and I think part of me still chases that if mm. that makes sense so I I will arrange like to have like you, know, you were here New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve party, and we were going to do Christmas this year around here. So not now, you know. I'm not sure Joe fancies Christmas for ten people if uh, we've got a three day old, but but um, 
I think almost that side of things is grief as well, into a, a different sort of yeah. grief is in, I don't know, maybe letting go of the past and realising that, you know, you don't, I don't know, Christmas growing up was different, you know what I mean, we'd have mm. 20 people sat around my nan's living room, on a band of table in my nan's living room, all at different heights because they've got chairs and, yeah, I don't know, I think... I think, I think it will get harder, I think, once the baby comes and the build-up to it, I think. And I, I say now as well, there's a bit where I saw online as well where someone's talking about their mum passing, I can't remember who it was, and he says that like, when he cries, it's all the unshown love that he didn't have for her. And I think that's how I... Where the voice of crying, it was angry, I now cry, and it's... Yeah, love you never got to express. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally think that. I think that's what grief is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you want to touch on your experience of it, but I know obviously you've had different experiences as well. Yeah, I mean, I've been quite blessed with the fact that I haven't, I've lost all my grandparents, but two of them I didn't know at all. Um, one passed away before I was born. Um, and I had a bit of a strange relationship with my um dad's mum and dad I think just because I wasn't too close to them I think if I was to ask my mum I think it was just because I was the third child born so it's like they'd had two grandsons already mm-hmm. so it's kind of like I wasn't you know um as played with as much or didn't see them as much and then obviously that led to me as I was a bit older saying well I'm not really going to go around that much where my brothers went around like probably once a week or I could be lying but they seemed to go around quite a bit I didn't really. And then I think the first loss that really hit me, as you know, because the anniversary was uh, last week, was uh, my friend Hannah, who um, passed away eight years ago, last Saturday, last Saturday, 2030, yeah. Um, and yeah, it was a strange one for me. I think that, like we had such a good friendship that she was somebody who I felt really understood me. And I think unconditional love is such a weird way to throw out there unless you're talking about it from a real sort of spiritual element um which i won't necessarily get into too much but like with me and her it just felt like she knew me in every way like good and bad and Mm -hmm. like no matter how much of an ugly side i showed like she was always there she always loved me no matter what like um we went out when we were really young and then we had a break where we didn't see each other for years and then we became like well it's literally like brother and sister really she was like a She's like a sister to me. Um, and she passed away in quite sudden circumstances as well. She was quite, I mean, I don't know if I should be really talking about the ins and outs of it, but um, she's quite down for a while and uh, unfortunately took her own life. And it happened to coincide with a point where I wasn't seeing her as much um, through being in a relationship myself and, and that potentially causing issues. So there was a big period where I didn't really see her much. And yeah, I think it's, for me, it's always just been like, I've been comparing every sort of friendship and slash relationship I've had with that, I guess, Mm -hmm. which is, I suppose, kind of understandable because we're such good friends, but it's also like we were saying earlier, like you just have to take people as they are, you know, not everyone's going to make me laugh like she did, you know, even though obviously I could find that in the future, it's like not everyone's going to maybe understand me quite as well but at the same time it's like if I don't allow myself to stay open for that 
of course nobody's going to ever go. Yeah, if I carry on thinking, oh, nobody's ever going to know me and love me as much as she did, then of course nobody's ever going to get the chance to really. I think that comes. Sorry, no, but it's good. I, I think mean, that comes back to the self acceptance thing, though. It's like, how can you ever expect anyone to really know who you are and love you for who you are if you are constantly putting up barriers and constantly judging yourself? Because I do that all the time. Like, like you say, I'm my absolute worst critic. I think, so you said it was eight years ago, and I didn't know until last week that we were like friends when it happened, so which is. I don't either, and it sounds madness. I don't know whether or not you maybe kept it to yourself, or so eight years ago would have been twenty fifteen. Yeah, like I was working at Astro. Yeah, at the time. I was. I just left. I don't know whether or not, like to me, I always imagined it was before. No. We met, which is just. So when did you start as the twenty? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. So say so I started in May twenty ten. Yeah. To me, like, I just always imagined it was, like, before that. It wasn't until last week we shared something on social media. I was like, back eight years. Like, I would have, mm. we were really close. And it, I don't know why, and obviously I was, I was aware, but just wasn't as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think some, I think in some ways, like, because I was thinking about this, because I was looking back at, like, pictures from around the period mm. and it sounds so weird but I was kind of disappointed in myself because around the time because I always do this I go back and look at pictures I go back and look at letters because like back then it was like there was MSN and stuff yeah. but like so we still not. wrote yeah we still wrote letters to each other so I've still got all our letters from like when we were going out and like a little bit of when we were friends but mostly when we went out and stuff and I was looking back and like so I looked back through my google photos from like on the computer from that period and it was like just after it happened I was kind of just I kind of wanted to look back and be like oh there's a big period where I didn't live my life because Mm -hmm. I was so upset about her passing which obviously I was but when I actually look back I was just posting I was taking photos and all the stuff I was still going out I was still having fun but I don't know whether at the time that was just part of the coping mechanism because it did really hit me I mean we weren't at the closest point in our friendship at that point obviously there's I think I hadn't seen her for about four months before. February to September, however many months that is. I'm really bad at maths. because, so, yeah. But so, we were still talking all the time. So I wasn't really allowed to like go see her because it would, was causing issues with um, somebody I was with at the time. But we were still talking all the time. She actually, because this part always kind of gets me, but I also think it's really beautiful. We never really said the L word. You know how like friends, like we yeah. say it to each other all the time. Yeah. Me and Tom say it to each other sometimes. You and Tom say it. Like it's just something you do as friends. Like we never really did that. But her, the day of her passing, because she passed away really late at night, um, we were sent, we were really obsessed with Scrubs. Like it was something like we shared it, like the program, like we absolutely loved it. So we spent like a, probably about three hours just finding all Scrubs memes and Scrubs uh, video clips and send them to each other. And like both just like laugh. That was, a, that was the beautiful thing about me and her as well is we knew how to make each other laugh so well. Mm. And what would happen is what I, one of us would say something to the other and make them laugh. And then we knew exactly how to carry that laughter on. So sometimes I don't even think it's exaggeration, but I think sometimes when I was at her house or whatever, we'd 
laugh probably for like an hour straight like we would literally just, just be pissing ourselves yeah and uh, when we were sending these scrubs memes like I, don't, I assume she was by what she was putting but I was again just laughing just laughing I was like this is so funny and like we were obviously just making little in jokes about it and everything and then she randomly just said I love you man and I said I love you too and that that was the last thing we ever said to each other and I think that's kind of really bittersweet but really nice because um, I've all, I've saved the screenshot because uh, I think she's like obviously the messages have all been deleted or everything her Facebook's been deactivated but I was like definitely gonna fucking save that because there was obviously a re- there was obviously a reason that we felt the need to well she we felt guys, I mean again I don't want to push you too much on it this is the most we've ever spoken about mm, go for it Lewis how much do you remember about the night, the morning, the, the days after, is that something you remember much of? Yeah, 100%. I don't think I'll ever forget it. So the next day, one of the FIFAs, so it would have been FIFA, I can't remember how it was, would it have been 15 or 16? But it was the FIFA that was out mm-hmm. at that point. That was coming out, like, um, and I think me and Damon may have got early access or something, I don't know, but I know for a fact that we were like, no work tomorrow, let's get up at like 5 or 6am and we'll just play FIFA together for like, we'll play it and talk to each other the whole time. And I got up and I remember... I was uh, living with my ex at the time and I got up, put the Xbox on, put the headset on, just started talking to Damon and then I just remember getting a phone call and I was like, that's weird, it's like Hannah's stepdad. I was like, that's really weird. But because I knew she was a bit down at the time, there's that little bit of you it's like, I got a feeling I might know what this could be, but you obviously don't want to accept that at the time. And yeah, and he just told me... Um, and I don't think, it sounds really weird, but I don't think she really wanted to go through with it at the time. I think it was just like she was just desperate to just make the pain stop. She was really lonely at the time. Her family, like, I think her family were really good to her, but they weren't around. They lived, like, away, and she was going through some shit with in with her relationship at the time. Like, um, she was seeing some guy who I think was, like, with someone else. I don't really know the ins and outs, but, like, um, it was just really rocky and a really horrible situation at the time. And then... You know, she didn't have too many friends, and unfortunately, like I say, I try not to beat myself up about it, but I wasn't really there at the time. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? I mean, I, I don't know if you've watched it. Uh, there's a film on BBC with the, uh, Roman Kemp where he talks about his oh, yeah. best friend, and, and he says, I know for a fact if I had had one conversation with him, he wouldn't have done what he'd done. And from what you were saying there, you almost feel the same as well. <sighs> I do. I, I kind of do. I try not to think about it too much and beat myself up about it, but I just you. I think you're always going to feel like that. Sure. I wrote a, an email out to a mum actually, which I hadn't done for a long time last Saturday uh, about it, and I, I said that. And I said I think everyone that's left behind always feels like they could do more. It's just how it is. It's just you always will, and I really do think like I could have done. But at the same time, I believe that if somebody's really in that place, then. There's some. I think you can help someone to a certain point, and you can do everything. But I think if they don't want to take that like first step on the ladder, you can't really help them up. And unfortunately, I guess that was maybe the situation with this. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. But I try to think about it as like people are meant to be here for a certain amount of time to do their work here. If you know what I mean. That's the way I try and look at it, and obviously she'd done her work, and it was time for her to move on. Like the manner of it happening was obviously not pleasant, but it, you know, people pass away, and it's never pleasant, no matter how the situation yeah. is. Of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. 
that's how, that's how we've been friends for a long time. That's obviously the first time that I've heard you. Yeah, I was saying this. I was saying this the other day. It's really weird because I sometimes feel like it's easier to talk to. I think we actually might have alluded to this last time, or it might be conversation out with someone else. But sometimes it's easier to talk to people who you aren't as close to about some stuff that really mm-hmm. cuts to you. I don't know why. Maybe it's just being scared of being vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. Because I think that little bit about my mum and dad. Like, I don't think they'll ever listen to this. Um, like, I have the best upbringing, really. My parents have always been, like, great. Like, you know, we bicker a lot and stuff, but we're around each other all the time, so we're bound to. But, like, I can't open up to them. My brothers can, I think. Like, in a sense that, like, if they're having relationship problems, they'll go to my mum and dad to have a little bit of a conversation. Or at least they used to when they were younger. I really can't my mum and dad. Like, I hate them to see me, like, upset or whatever. Like, I try to properly avoid it. Like, for instance, say times in the last few years where I've been, like, down and I've been, like, sitting there and, like, in tears or whatever. If one of them comes up the stairs, I'll do everything I can to, like... Hide it. Hide it. Like, where I don't feel like most people would with their parents. Or at least, like, I know if my brothers, I think, were in that situation, they maybe wouldn't. They'd just be, like let them be there for them mm, I don't know I, I sort of can resonate with what you're saying I think I think maybe in the last sort of three or four years more so but we me and my dad never really ever spoke about my mum my choice mm. you know he I, I hold my hands up and say the guy was left with two kids ten six mm. and you know I'm a very little shit sometimes, but he done a good job, you know. What I, you know, he done. I probably don't tell him that enough. He done a he done a really good job, um, but it's only probably been the last three years, four years that week that I can even talk to him now. Does that make sense? Mm. Which is, um, which is sad because we should and be able to have that conversation. Um, so I'm just watching my dog limp in the background. He's how it's poor. Oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... Um, yeah, I think... I just think that... I think that's guys as well, isn't it? I think where... Don't, I think we all try and put on that macho mm. exterior and nothing can, can hurt us. Um, but yeah, I think definitely, like... We, we went... 15 years where he couldn't even mention that mm. and then I think because of you know losing my mum as well I, I felt I had to grow up as well and be maybe quicker more, yeah like more especially for my sister I almost felt like not like yeah always like, I can't show that I'm hurting so mm. I will be so I think I've always you know I've got an emotional man where my heart must leave but I think, yeah, with people really close, I think I really, and I've only gotten better with that in the last maybe two or three years. I think the charity football games have helped. I think the first one especially helped me, the build up to it, you know, speaking to old friends and family members and people sending pictures in and stories. I think that for me was it. The whole thing was almost like a massive therapy sessions yeah weird? like a celebration as well yeah her, yeah like, like and it was amazing but I needed that to be at the stage where I am now where we can actually mention her name now and 
I don't feel the need to to burst into tears all the time. Which, yeah, yeah. Which I think, like I said, we've not spoken about that before. Where you open up in the way that you did with mm. with it. Do you feel that you, you're better? You know, you're better now when you can talk about it. More I think so. I suppose a little bit of time and distance will always make it a little bit easier. But like I say, I think just um, been just feeling. Yeah, I don't know. Just like. I feel like it's been a lot easier to be a lot more open recently. Um, I think sometimes when you're like the further down you slide a little bit, it um, makes it to the point where you kind of like almost feel like you have to start talking about it because mm-hmm. you just keep it in. And I mean, I've, like I never not spoke about it whenever it came to like anniversaries. I'd always post a picture and talk a little bit about it, but it's like. I don't know. And I think as well, it comes down to a bit like we say about vulnerability. Like, I don't think I want the closest people around me to see that I am vulnerable. Because in all honesty, like, I've probably had told more, like, t- spoke more about her to people that don't really know me than yeah. I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, I've never, like, like, again, like, going back to my mum and dad and stuff, if they, like, bring her name up or anything, I'm, like, shut down. Just, like, don't talk about it. Even now? Yeah, and I do with everything. Like, when they try and talk to me about, like, because they... You know, I try to use every method I can to make myself feel better and more at peace. So, like, I'm really into meditation and a bit of, like, Eastern philosophy and stuff. But even stuff like that, like, I don't know whether that's a vulnerable thing. But when my mum or brother tries to, like, mention something like that, I get really defensive or just shut it down. don't want to talk about it. It's almost like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it's almost like I don't want people to think I'm any different to how... They imagine me to be. I I've noticed that from you as well. So I could speak to you about a subject or about something individual at you know work whatever else, and sometimes you can be very not dismissive because that's not the right way to say it. But, but you will mm. go meh, yeah, just and cut then, it off. and then I'll go well, well what and you're going just nothing and then mm. and I think and I'm the same as well you know. You know, Joe will go, or you'll go, how's work? And I'm going, oh, shit, oh, why? I'll just sit and don't ever build on it because you don't want people to, I don't know, I don't think less of you, but I think it's almost, again, like you said, showing that vulnerability, showing that yeah. weak side. Of... I think that I think that is a big part of it. I think, like, as guys, we're meant to just be, like, the fixers. So it's like, you know, we're only talk about, what we can do to fix stuff you know if we've if we've got an issue it's like right let's get to the fix like we don't hold what i think they call like you know the feminine part aspect of it which is just like hold space and just mm-hmm. be open like we're really bad at that and i think it i think it is that it must be a pride thing um but it's just strange and I, because i feel like i can do that on the internet i can do that with strangers i can I could record myself in front of a video, uh, record, record a video of myself saying all this stuff, maybe even sharing some stories and stuff. But then when it comes to like one-on-one conversations, like if my mum, who I love dearly and loves me, wanted to talk to me about it, I'd be like, no way in hell. Mm-hmm. And I just, it is, I, I've always struggled. I'm one of these people who likes to know everything, I think. Mm-hmm. So especially about myself, it's like when I do something that I'm not happy with or doesn't, feel genuine to who I am as a person or who I want to be I'll be like I'll analyze it so I'll be like why did I act that way it's probably why sometimes I'll be an absolute asshole one day to somebody and then phone them up the next day and go right this is why 
this is why this happened. Mm-hmm. Let me explain it. I'm really sorry, you know. Um, but there's some aspects of my personality and how I am that I I should probably talk to a therapist about it, really. Like, they're trained for this stuff. But instead, I try and work it out myself. I've always done that. I've never reached out for help. I mean, I have done therapy and stuff before, but I've never reached out for, like, therapy much. I've never reached out for drugs. Like, it's like, you know, it's in, like, pharmaceutical help. It's always just been like, no, let me get to the bottom of why I'm feeling like this. Yeah. I suppose we're at different... Like, I suppose we're at a different stage of that now. So, as you know, I'm on... Uh, I have CBT once a week, I've had mm. counselling. Um, but I went probably maybe 10 years ago, was at the stage maybe where you are now? Like, mm. you may lay it down the line, choose to do it, but, you know, we, whereas before, like, I was not anti-counselling, but was like, I'll never do it, I'll never do it. You know, and I would never take medication, and it's, you know, what would I want to do that for? Mm. I think I'm at a stage now where... You know, I do CBT once a week. I'm on medication, and the people close to me, especially Joe, will know if I've not taken mm. my medication. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. Which you know, she will literally say to me, "You're not taking your tablets after like two or three days because I've either run out and haven't gone to." The... Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know whether or not maybe I I, I highly recommend. Counseling, I think that's probably why I'm at a stage now where, like you said, talking to a stranger. Like I was sat across this room from this guy mm. who I think his name, and this is a long time ago when I first started, I think his name was Darren, and I saw him for three years. And my last session with him, I walked out of my car and cried mm. because this guy doesn't know, he only knows or only knew vulnerable Dean. Like, yeah. I didn't have to go in there and be Dean at football, Dean at work, yeah, Dean yeah. at home, and he knows me or knew me better than anyone, anyone. Mm. And I think, from this is just me to you, if you ever do consider it, I think for me it was a massive. It's not. It's not the same anymore because I do CBT and it's over teams. I just don't think you get the same. No, because we'll be on teams and I'll be. It's my own fault. Look out the window, or watch yeah, the yeah. TV, or just be distracted. Um, but going back to what you were saying before, like you remember the morning of, and do you remember? I mean, is it quite clear all of it, like the funeral and the, the days after, the weeks after? Yeah, I think some of it's a blur. I think our brains are really good. They do that deep sort of personalization thing or derealization, shall I say, where they just try to protect you from stuff like that. So it made it a little bit of a blur. But I do remember some of it. And there's one thing that happened that I actually have never spoke to anyone about, actually, but I feel like maybe this is a good time and platform to do it, which which is something I beat myself up about. I did used to beat myself up about a bit. So I remember one time, like, we were at the funeral and her brother came up to me. No, sorry, like, walked past me. And I was like, hello, you know, went to speak to him. And he, like, blanked me a little bit. And... That's how, like, pathetic and arrogant I was at the time, like, in terms of, like, thinking that everyone should be how I want them to be, is that Mm. I got offended. Like, this person had just lost their sister. And I remember just getting offended about the fact that he didn't seem to, like, recognise me. And I just remember the time being, like, that just shows you, like, it's like we were saying earlier, like, I was so, even in a moment of grief like that, there was that little bit of me, it was just, like, I want people to... 
be there for me in this situation. Yeah, like, so, but, but, but that makes sense to a point as well, because if you were seeing each other when you were younger and you were as close as you were, then you probably felt that he should have recognised maybe but I don't think I don't think he actually knew me that well so I think it was just a case of like like you're saying you just want even in situations like that you just want things to I don't know it's just some of the ways beat me up man I just always just think like that was so so arrogant of me like I don't know yeah. but yeah I just thought I'd share that I just thought no, it was really it's funny a good thing, it's a good thing to share and that's obviously why why we're doing it it's amazing mm. how much you do remember do you know what I mean like how much and like I'm the same you know, I remember some parts of it like it was yesterday you mm. know I remember um she was in Great Yarmouth when she got my mum got poorly um and even like this is like a really weird moment that sticks in my head is that we were away and she's got poorly sort of two or three days before we came home but she stayed in bed. We went on a caravan holiday. She stayed in bed in the caravan. And me and my dad and my sister, they had like a clubhouse on on site. Mm. And my dad played bingo and won. And it's a memory that always sticks in my head. Is him, him going, well, you can't tell your mum that I've just won 20 quid on the bingo. Mm. And me running back to the caravan. And that, that what a random memory, like, mm. that sticks in my head. Um, there's a picture up there on the fridge with a silver frame. That's the last picture we ever had together. Oh, yeah. Like, but I remember where that was taken and the cap it was taken and just random stuff mm. like that. Um, and then again, a bit like what you said with your last conversation. Um, you know, I remember her getting poorly and going to the hospital and there's a lot more in between that as well. Um, but dad dropping off at the hospital and the last thing I ever said to her was, I hope you feel better. Mm. and never and then I remember like I said the, the finding out the morning of you know I was 10 but you know when you wake up and something's not right we stayed yeah. with my with my auntie and uncle um, and my three cousins who had a stag do yeah um, and I remember waking up in the morning and saying you know to my uncle have you got any news and at this time she passed away I don't know and he was like no 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 news Obviously he did. Um, mm. Getting to my nan's house and, you know, if my cousins listen to this, they will, especially Leslie and Stephen, they were an age where they remember Hayden was only a baby, but they stayed in the car, we went inside, and it's one of the moments I knew before I was told, if that makes sense, mm. you know, but I got to my nan's and the garden used to go sort of down and back on itself again, and I just remember seeing my dad and... I knew, he was stood, he was sat 20 foot away, 30 foot away on the bench, and I knew before I'd even gone to him. Um, and I remember that, like you said, was just uh, stepdad ringing you up. I remember the whole conversation, you know, your mum's heart got poorly during the night. We said, did she pass away? Him saying yes. And, and, and then the whole, and that, and I could literally go back to the house now and walk you through the whole the whole day, the whole, the funeral, everything, like, that's, and like you said, there's bits of it you, I don't remember, but a lot of it is mm. really fresh, and it's just weird, I mean, I can't remember what I was for dinner yesterday, <laughs> but, but that whole thing, and there's almost part of me that doesn't want to forget that, but would almost, do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. There's like, it's too fresh, I don't know, you know if you watch Harry Potter where, Dumbledore can take like the memories out of his mm. head. There's almost part of me that would love to just go, 
we'll come back and visit it another another day because I think part of it is it makes you who you are doesn't it that's the thing yeah and it probably makes me why I think I probably uh, yeah and the way that I am you know in terms of I think overreading every situation and just wanting to just I think feel needed almost do you know what mm. I mean I think there was an element of me that yeah grew up probably quicker than I was meant to does that make yeah, sense yeah no definitely yeah. you know like it was for three or four years it was just me my dad and my sister um, and I felt that I had to Know, maybe yeah, maybe he's put on a, a brave face, and I don't know whether or not you. Like I said, I didn't even know that it, until last week that it had happened when we were friends with you. So you done a an amazing job of. Mm. I mean, I know we weren't working together. I'd left at the time, but even so, we saw each other and spoke to each other enough that baffles me. Maybe it's just me being like arrogant, having a really bad memory. But I just no, don't. No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think you're right. I don't think I spoke about it at all at the time. No, I think this is the most we've spoke about these topics in general. Rich, yeah, um, I mean, it's good. That is a good thing as well. Yeah, no, it is good, and I think, like you say, like the more distance you get, sometimes the more, the more you let your guard down with people. I don't think you ever, you know, it's harder to build it back up. Do you know what I mean? Now that we've had these type of conversations, and I feel like we'd have before the podcast a little bit more opening up. Maybe I felt yeah. like a little bit like that. Obviously, with the like at the, the wedding when you yeah, yeah revisited yeah. it a little bit, it was like I don't know. I just felt like even though not many words were exchanged at all between us, it just felt like you were more open, and it was I don't know. I felt felt like we held a space there yeah. that time. Yeah, and I think even more so. Well, like it with there was me and Tom as well. And I think you know even with and I'm going to name drop or not with Tom who who doesn't say much and is even harder to read than me and you um, even he you know the next day I sort of apologised and he was like why are you apologise and that was nice you know you both sort of said don't apologise but I almost felt I think there was an element there where I sort of went I was annoyed at myself if that makes sense because you oh my, you know idiot like why you know why we're getting upset for do you know what I mean I think yeah but of course you're human and it's a uh, grief it's uh like I say I think I, it's like we said earlier it's an express love and that's probably never gonna fade you probably we, we will always it seems to be big events I mean like, it wasn't you know in the old days it was like once a week whereas now it was my 30th was the time before the wedding that I got so it seems to be like big events is that, that do you think sense? because of what you're saying earlier you just at those times you just wish she was there yeah I think so yeah yeah and I think you know we've me and Joe have spoken about names and we've agreed that you know if it's a girl the middle name will be Tracy that's something that I'm quite like you know, passionate about like this mm-hmm. was this is the you know you, anything else is fine but this is if it's a girl this is the one condition that I have um yeah, definitely. I think probably the same view with with it. You know, you probably feel that at certain events, birthdays, and, and celebrations that, and you yeah. will. You know, go forward when you get married in the future, when when you turn forty next year. Um, Took <laughs> 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 me a second. Um, yeah, you're, you're you're probably at that bit where you will be taking a step back and look at it and go, 
they should be here because I know that I did. And yeah, I always um, it's kind of changed subject, but not. But I always think that little way about my parents because bless them, they're not getting any younger, and uh, as none of us are. But I always think that a little bit about like me. I never really wanted kids when I was younger. It's only recently I've been thinking about it a bit more. And I don't think it's the pressure from all you lad. <laughs> I think it's just like, um, yeah, I just think sometimes you just hit a point, um, unfortunately, quite late for me, where you just think that that's something I would like. And I often think that about, you know, not that you want to hurry yourself up, but that I would like my parents to meet my future child if I do have one. And gotta I guess get a move on in a sense because unfortunately my parents are getting you like unnecessary pressure on yourself by I always try not to I think um again this could be through apathy and just laziness and just not wanting to push myself into uncomfortable situations but I've always never tried to force myself to like grow up or do what everyone else is doing do you know what I mean like I do sometimes look around I see people with these careers and but I think I think I've known since I was a child that that's not what I want need to make me happy. I mean, mm-hmm. it can make you secure. And and like I say, maybe this is just me trying to make excuses for the fact that I'm just lazy and never want to push myself. But um, so I'm not in the frame of mind where I'm saying like, get a move on. But at the same time, it's, I think there'll be an air of sadness if it doesn't happen soon, if that makes sense. It's like, there'll be a point where I'm sitting there thinking I haven't got a child, I haven't got my life sorted, I haven't got somebody, a partner that I'm like, you know, in love with and or sharing that love with, however you want to put it, trying to not be too poetic. But, uh, and, you know, my parents might not be around to witness that. It's, um, it is something I suppose you think about, like mortality and stuff. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I think... I just think there's an expectation, like, there's almost like a handbook that people think they have to do, you know? Mm. You know, I think there's an expectation that, you know, you should be married at this age, and you should have kids at this age, and you should have your own house at this age, mm. and that's why going back to the, when we spoke last time on the podcast, like, so much respect for you for just almost getting out of the, the rat run and going, do you know what, I'm going travelling, mm. and I'm... And you said you feel like you were running away a little bit. Maybe you were, but like, yeah. fair play because you've done it and you took the risk. And you'll always have that as well. And like I said to you last week, that, you know, you know, when you have kids, you know, you won't remember, you won't be telling them, oh, I had three months when I came back where I didn't know what I was going to do. You will say to them, you know, dad went travelling on his own for mm. a month and... Like yes, that's, that's 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 the bit, and they're really going. My dad was cool. <laughs> yes, he's not. That. Yes, he's a poet's knowledge, <laughs> but but my dad's cool. And yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I do think, like you say, that 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 could. I don't know. There's. It's just. It just comes down to like I said before, like a minute ago. I just. I don't think the normal trappings of life that make everyone else happy is something that's going to make me happy. And again, I think it's some sort of arrogance, but I think I've always had it as a kid. Like, I've always felt that I am here for more than that. And I think that's kind of held me back in some ways. I think everybody feels that a little bit. I think everybody that's, like, stuck in a rut thinks that they're meant for more than this. Yeah, I agree. And I think what you said earlier on about, you know, some people aren't meant for a certain 
but we spoke about, I think it was on, on Friday, you know, you know, about I went and done that manager's role and you said, you know, some people just aren't meant to do it. You've obviously done yeah. it. And I just don't think I'm just meant to be no. a manager. Like, I don't deal well with stress. I don't deal well with, like, confrontation, with especially with people I work with. I want to try and please everyone. Mm. Um you just can't do that when you're a manager. You just can't. No, that's that's what I mean. I think there's a, there's this thing in society now where it's like we have to have a career, mm-hmm. and especially as a guy, like I think there's that expectation a little bit of you know being the big dog, being the CEO of a company yeah, yeah. by the time you're thirty, thirty five, having like a really nice car that costs God knows how much, you know, the white picket fence house and everything, and. I just think if you don't get to a place where you're really, really at peace with how things are and you are your genuine self and you can take, you know, everything that happens, like even the stuff that's horrible, like like I know it's like a really like far fetched example, but like even stuff like loss, if you can't accept that, then what happens when you got your mansion and then two months later you're terminal or you've got your mansion and then two months later the lady you've been with or man, sorry, um, has decided to, to leave you. Yeah, yeah. You're just going to be crushed, and you're just in a mansion in, in an even bigger house than you would have been before yeah. alone. It's like it's getting to that place where you can accept everything the way it is, and because you like it's, you get let's let's just say for example you went out there now and got a brand new Mercedes, all right? Yeah. How long is it before that doesn't satisfy you anymore? Yeah, yeah. You Two months. The next thing. Or you pull up at a stop sign and then there's a guy next to you who pulls up in an even nicer car. And you're instantly going to go, wish I had that car. Like you're always chasing the wrong things where I think really what we should be chasing is inner peace and acceptance. And I think, you know what, and I generally mean when I say this as well, like I think more recently I've been more aware of it. But if someone said to me now, like here's £10 million that you never ever see your friends or your family again, I would never mm. take it, you know. I think, you know, Friday we went out with Pete. We haven't seen Peter in eighteen yeah. months, and it was like we've never been away. Yeah, like we just all just spoke like we speak every mm. week. Um, last night I was with you know a group of really close friends again. You know, watched two of my best friends find out that they're gonna have a boy soon, and you take them little like almost little victories, and I look around and go. I'm lucky to have these mm. people in my life and, and I wouldn't, I generally wouldn't, like, I wouldn't stop it for anything, you know, no amount of money. I've done the same at the wedding, the same at the charity game. You take a step back and you go, yeah, do you know what? Work is shit sometimes or a lot of the time and yeah, I'd like to earn more money. Who wouldn't? Mm. But do you know what? Generally, you find out who the people are who are. The people who really care about you, and the ones who want to be close to you, and I think, yeah, I think I think I'm lucky. I don't know what, how you think. You may you may get in your car and go, God, that boy guy talks some shit, do not he? Like, do you know what I mean? But, no. But for me, I think totally agree, I, yeah. I feel really, even though you know, he may message me drunken messages. Uh, yeah. In Aust- from Australia, you know, <laughs> like the fact he's on the other side of the world, and you know, we still talk is. Yeah, I feel, I feel lucky to have the people. Yeah, and that's good. And I think that's what you really need to, like, and I say you, I mean, like, everybody needs to focus on is it's just, like, look at what you've got, look at who you've got, 
you know, try and just really embrace the fact that, like they say, if you if you really want to feel blessed, just think about the fact that you've got food on the table, you've got a roof over your head, you've got people that love you. Like, if you've got those, it's kind of what you really need, really. But it's so hard. You always want the next thing. I do it. Like, I'm constantly thinking of what the next thing is going to be that makes me happy. Yeah. I, I think it's with job home as well, like, I don't know how long we've been going for. I don't want to ramble for too long, but how long have we been out? Out But even like with job hunting, I went through a stage recently where I was just applying for jobs and anything, mm-hmm. anything, anything. And then these people ring me up and going, oh, do you want to come for an interview? And I was, no. Like you're looking back on a job that I've applied for thinking, don't want to do that but again mm. it was like you said it was trying to almost chase more money and chase the next thing where we're at the moment I'm just trying to I don't know yeah just enjoy the moment rather than chase the next big thing yeah if you can be happy in that job just because you just accept what it is and don't want it to be a better job you're going to be happy it's the same with effort in life if you can just take your lot and be happy with what you've got then because, like I say, I, I genuinely, I think I said it 400 times in this episode, but nothing outside is going to do it. Mm-hmm. I agree. 100%. I think that's that's the takeaway lesson, boys and yeah, girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably uh, talk and think about wrapping it up anyway, because obviously... Yeah, everyone's bored. I want 10 asked. minutes here. They're still listening. Yes, uh, thank point, you very yeah. much. Um, there's a lot of... Uh, but no, I think, yeah, I think it's been a good one. I think we've spoken about yeah. stuff that we've never... We've not spoken about before. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we'll drop the link in on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And if anybody does want to come on, then. Yeah, we're taking guests. Come, yeah. come, come talk to us. Um, we'll bring biscuit. Well, probably not, actually. Yeah, digestive biscuits. They, and, they might pick it up on the mic. Well, we'll yeah. But we'll make you a cup of tea and give you a biscuit <laughs> yeah. before you start. That can be the, that can be the deal. <laughs> but yeah, it was right, yeah. good to speak Pleasure, to you. Pleasure, man. Good man. Speak to you.